From the flight deck, this is your Captain Matt Hunsaker speaking. We have reached our cruising altitude of 30,000 feet for an overview of state taxation of aircraft. Please buckle up, there could be some turbulence ahead. So my boys and I just got back from helping folks in southern Louisiana clean up their homes after Hurricane Ida. It was a lot of fun to forget about work over the weekend and just do some good old manual labor. Well, on with the show. Early on in my career, I spent a lot of time working on sales tax and property tax cases for corporate jets. Well, half my time was working on the legal issues and the other half was spent daydreaming about being able to someday afford my own jet. And it's not looking like that's going to happen anytime soon. There was a lull there for a bit during the recession when corporate aircraft could kind of be a public image liability. But I'm now, again, getting lots of questions about corporate aircraft. And it could be a really big deal. I worked on one aircraft deal where the amount of sales tax in issue on a single aircraft was about $25 million. So with that much money at issue, the first question I usually get from clients is, hey, how can I buy this airplane without paying any sales tax? And this is usually where we have to have some hard reality checks and set expectations. You see, buying the aircraft tax-free is pretty easy, actually. The easiest way is to just arrange for delivery in a state where there is no sales tax. Lots of aircraft get ferried to Delaware or other states for this purpose. But it isn't always necessary to even take the aircraft to a state with no sales tax. States that have aircraft manufacturing would not have aircraft manufacturing if they didn't provide a way for customers to come into the state, buy the aircraft, and fly it away without paying sales tax. So enter the flyaway exemption. Its name really says it all. If you buy an aircraft in the state and then fly it away to some other location, then the purchase is exempt. And this is good tax policy for you consumption tax purists out there because you really want to tax where the consumption takes place. Most flyaway exemptions are pretty straightforward. You have X number of days to fly the aircraft out of the state after the purchase, and then you can't bring it back to the state and hangar it there. So in other words, you can't just fly it away and then just come right back. You really need a home base outside the state where you're going to hangar the aircraft. As simple as it may seem, the flyaway exemption can be a little tricky. A lot of times you will see an immediate contribution or lease of the aircraft to an affiliate. I mean, right after closing, but before the aircraft leaves the state. And that can cause problems in some states because the purchaser never took the aircraft out of the state. 
its affiliate did it. So you really have to drill down into the statutes and administrative guidance on this one. And as you do drill down, don't be surprised if you don't find any answers. And if you can't find any answers, this might be one reason to opt for delivery in a non-sales tax state. You also want to make sure that if you have some more finish out work to do or other maintenance that's going to be done by the seller, that the flyaway exemption or some other exemption covers bringing the aircraft into the state. And in fact, I might just mention that it's fairly common for states to have an exemption for bringing aircraft into the state to be upgraded or finished out if they're going to then leave the state. Okay, so the upshot is that buying a corporate aircraft without paying sales tax is pretty darn easy. The catch is that the state where you store the aircraft, we'll just call it your home base for purposes of today, is going to impose use tax on the storage or use of the aircraft in the state. And so this is where you either have to pony up and pay the use tax or get creative. There are a couple of strategies out there for avoiding or at least minimizing use tax in your home base state. The first one is what I call the out-of-state drop. The basic structure is that the company buys the aircraft and immediately contributes it as a capital contribution to a new subsidiary. Most of the time, if done right, that capital contribution is a non-taxable transaction. There's no consideration, and therefore, there isn't a sale. And if you don't have a sale, you don't have sales tax. That is part one. Part two is then the subsidiary brings the aircraft into the home base state. And most use tax statutes do not tax the use of property that was acquired in a non-taxable transaction. So in this case, the subsidiary got the aircraft out of state in a non-taxable capital contribution. And so its use of the aircraft in the state is non-taxable. Those of you with lots of courage could even consider liquidating the subsidiary back into the originally purchasing company in another non-taxable transaction. That would be the distribution for no consideration and doing that after the aircraft comes into the state. But as you can imagine, states are starting to bristle at that and have begun applying or threatening to apply traditionally income tax concepts such as substance over form. Another way to minimize use tax is to have the aircraft owner purchase the aircraft for resale so that the acquisition and storage and use in the state is exempt. To make it a true resale, the aircraft is then leased to an affiliate. Now that rent is taxable, but it usually defers the tax over the life of the lease. And so you have a time value of money savings there. Or if you really want to roll the dice a bit, you can often use a below market lease rate to further minimize the sales tax or extend out even further into the future the taxation of the purchase price. There's a lot of permutations to the strategy, and it takes very careful planning because you often have to have the, the right type of lease. So you need to know whether you need a wet lease or a dry lease. 
And that's going to bring along with it just a whole host of FAA issues. And you also have to understand how your state approaches these types of transactions. Some will have statutes, regs, or administrative policies that curtail the ability to have this type of sales tax postponement. Now, let me talk about one other way to just straight up purchase an aircraft and use it in the state without paying sales tax. And that is the occasional or casual sale exemption. This exemption typically applies when a company buys an aircraft for its own corporate use and pays sales tax on it, and then sells the aircraft sometime down the road. The idea here is that we tax retail transactions, and when people dispose of equipment that they don't normally sell, those sales should be exempt. But you have to be very careful here to make sure that there isn't a carve-out for aircraft. You also have to be careful when there is an intermediary in the sales transaction, which happens a lot. So think company A sells to an intermediary who immediately resells to company B. Now, the parties may think of this as a sale from company A to company B with just some facilitator in the middle. But the states will often look at each leg of these transactions. So that first leg, from company A to the intermediary, may be exempt. But most states are going to challenge that second leg, and they do that because the intermediary is often viewed as a person who is in the business of selling aircraft. Another caution here is you have to make sure that the seller wasn't leasing the aircraft to others, such as affiliates, as that can often cause them to be treated as being in the business of selling aircraft, and if they're in the business of selling aircraft, well, then they typically can't sell an aircraft and have it qualify for the casual or occasional sale exemption. Now, let's look down the road after you've had an aircraft for a while. What about if you want to relocate its home base? That can be tricky, but a lot of states just don't impose use tax on aircraft if they've been used for a while outside the state. For example, here in Texas, if you use the aircraft outside Texas for a year, then it usually isn't taxed when it's relocated to Texas. But you have to really take a close look at the rules of the proposed new home state to make sure that you're not going to cause any problems. And even then, if you do cause problems there and you, you trigger a use tax, if you did pay sales tax when you originally purchased the aircraft, then oftentimes you may be able to take a credit, which will hopefully ameliorate some of that additional taxation. Let me just say a word about property tax. Property tax is a pain in the neck when it comes to movable property, such as aircraft. Everyone wants to buy the apple, and it can get quite complex. And that complexity lies in figuring out not just which states can tax the aircraft, but also whether there is some sort of a reduction in property tax based on the percentage of use outside the state. Now, if you have an aircraft, it is important to know where the aircraft is on January 1st because its location on January 1st can often trigger property tax liability in the state where it's located. 
And also hold on to your flight data records so that you can show how often the aircraft took off and landed in a particular state, because that can often play into whether there is some sort of a property tax reduction. And also in showing where its home base is, which can often be relevant in determining which state gets to tax the aircraft. That is all I'm going to say about that. If I tried to get more specific without really diving all the way into the deep end, then I'm probably just going to end up misleading you. So we'll leave it at that for now. So those are the basics of state taxation of aircraft. I hope that this was helpful. Now, if you listen to the end of these episodes, you will hear a disclaimer about this podcast not being legal advice. And I want to reiterate and emphasize that here. Aircraft transactions are tricky. And each one needs a fresh set of eyes. And of course, you will also need to take a look at the federal tax implications of owning an aircraft, which brings along a whole separate host of challenges. So the purpose of this podcast is just to get you thinking about some of the issues that are out there. But when it comes time to enter into an aircraft transaction, you really do need to drill down into the specifics to see how it's going to be treated. I'll be back next week, either with episode four of the software series or another topic that I've been kicking around a little bit. Until then, have yourselves a great week. The State Tax Show podcast is produced by Baker and Hostetler, LLP, and is for informational purposes only. It is intended to inform our clients and other friends of the firm about current legal developments of general interest. Issues discussed should not be construed as legal advice, and listeners should not act upon the information contained in this podcast without professional counsel. In some jurisdictions, this podcast may constitute attorney advertising. Please visit BakerLaw.com for more information about our practices and experience.